You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the APC Podcast here at ActivePackingCompany.com. The audio extension of that. I'm Alex Patakis along with Ben Foldy and... Zach Rapport. We are uh, excited today. We're going to be talking to a Super Bowl champ. Ben Fennell is going to be joining us. He's got a Super Bowl ring. I want to talk to him about that. And also want to talk to him about his new gig at The Athletic. Uh, he's got a new piece out on the corners. Um, so we're going to get into that. The Packers uh, had another preseason game in the books, the dress rehearsal, as they call it, even though it seemed yeah. like the least dress rehearsal of any of the preseason. So the far. undressed rehearsal. Yeah. And I think that's uh, like that was the case kind of almost league wide. Yeah. None like. of the yeah the, that Browns game was unwatchable. It was five. Nothing. I think a lot of teams are just finally calling bullshit on the preseason. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Finally. Game. Except like weirdly teams that maybe shouldn't like there's all this Bears optimism like don't you want Mitchell Trubisky to play? I know there, I know a lot of Bears fans who were pissed about that. Like, dude, that, means, that guy needs some reps. He's not exactly Aaron Who's Rodgers. their backup? Mike Lennon? Uh, no. No, at this point uh, it's... It's uh, uh, Chase Daniel, I believe. Oh. And he played really well. Chase Daniel, the, like, 18th highest earning quarterback in NFL history, something like that? Somebody came out with some weird numbers. Wow. Wait, what? Chase Daniels made has made like an absurd amount of money oh, just by for like playing around? like 87 snaps, oh. I think, of, of his actual snap, NFL ac- action. His per snap paycheck oh, is pretty good. Paycheck. It's like $400,000. No, but he's made like $57 million. Sorry, I'm going to look this up. <laughs> it's not bad. While you look that up, we had a trade. Yes, we had a trade. Um, a notable nugget, I guess you can say, uh, as we normally do some note nugs before we hit our guests. But uh, Antonio Morrison is a new Packer. Uh, from He comes over from the Colts in exchange for Lindsey Pipkins, defensive back who— I'll it, never get to say Lindsey Pipkins anymore. Yeah, that kind of sucks. We're losing some of our good names, um, which, is, uh, which is a little bit unfortunate. But the Packers need linebacker depth. Badly. Oren Burks is a little bit banged up, which kind of sucks because he was someone— Everyone was getting a little bit excited about a versatile guy who would uh, play a couple roles in this defense that desperately needs it, especially with the injury to Jake Ryan. But we have that trade uh, sensible, I guess. Really cannot argue it whatsoever, I would say. <laughs> Lindsey Pipkins wasn't going to make the team. Yeah, good, and, good for both sides. Players that both teams were going to release. Yeah. And yeah. Antonio Morrison, I actually kind of like. Mostly because he barked at a police dog. Did you hear the, uh, he did a locker room interview and uh, I think it was, uh, our friend Wes Hod was asking him a question, and he he could not understand the Wisconsin accent. Oh my he god! Said some, really? He oh. said something like the phrase was like "pack a pack a bag." Yeah, pack a bag. Yeah, and, and he, he said, like, "I have no idea what it means to like put an egg on it." Yeah, like or <laughs> it was like uh, pack up an egg. That, yeah. that's what he thought. Uh, yeah, he just called him. I was like, basically, I have no idea what what you just asked me. Wow, that's amazing. That audio is out. And there. his right, defense to, to barking at the his defense to barking at the police dog was that the police dog barked at him first. He started it, man. Which is also <laughs> amazing and hilarious. I don't know, he seems like a seems like a funny guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. What's not to like? He's like a two down thumper. You know, can't cover but can hit and be mean. Yeah. And Packers need some mean. I like mean. 
That's why we like Kentrell Bryce on this podcast. Exactly. Just to go back, Chase Daniel is number 72 on the all-time earnings list among quarterbacks. But per snap, he's got to be high, he's right? ju- That's $24.3 million over his career, and he has been paid $311,000 per pass, career pass, and $261,000 per yard ran. I mean, everyone always says backup quarterback is the best gig, and it's hard to dispute yeah. when you hear those uh, when you hear those numbers. Um, all right, a uh, couple interceptions. We had the Jair Alexander interception in the Raiders game. Pretty cool. Pretty a lot cool. of people were giving him heat for giving up the deep ball right off the bat, uh, where she was in good position for. Mari Cooper just kind of won. That's going to happen. Yeah. But uh, I heard people saying the ball was underthrown on his interception. That may be so. Jair's? Yeah. But he was not like, by mud. Yeah, he was in great position. You got to make the adjustment. He had extension. Yeah. yeah, no. I'm I'm totally cool with that. And a, a BS penalty wiped out a uh, well, not a BS penalty, but away from the ball penalty wiped out. It would have been a second Josh Jackson pick in the preseason. That's pretty cool. Definitely reason for optimism with these corners. I would think. Yes, these young guys. Although I was pretty pumped when Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins were in too. So. I'm being, uh, I'm being pretty cautious, cautious, pretty cautious. We should ask Ben Fennell about exactly that. We should. And uh, he is our guest. He's going to join us next. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The number you dialed is... Hackney Packing Company. We welcome our next guest. He is a Super Bowl champion, Ben Fennell of the Philadelphia Eagles, NFL Network, uh, ESPN, and most recently, the newest member of the Athletics Wisconsin coverage, covering the Packers, doing X's and O's there. His first piece is out, and we're going to talk to him about it. It is Ben Fennell, at Ben Fennell underscore NFL. Ben, congratulations. How many times have you worn the Super Bowl ring out so far? You know, I just got it, so I've I've worn it a couple times. I'm not a big accessory guy, but it's exciting. It's exciting to get it, and uh, you know, with you reading all these jobs off, his business cards getting a little wordy these days. Yeah, man, save some jobs for the rest of us. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should focus on the athletic. That is your newest vi- uh, venture. Congratulations. Uh, Thank we you. have all uh, kind of been locked in. We're excited to see more Packer specific stuff in print as opposed to just uh, your usual. I think like Monday uh, Twitter binge. Um, which we're still looking forward to. I don't want to make it sound like we are we are not. But um, yeah, so I, I mean, we read your first piece. I wanted to, I guess, just kind of start there um, with the the rookie corners. And you've been really impressed with what they've done through three games this preseason, correct? Absolutely. I think uh, this entire fan base has been excited about what we've seen so far on tape and on TV from the young corners. And just to to get a little flash of optimism, a little flash of potential and stardom, just to get the, gets everybody excited at the possibilities of what could be. And all you just need to see is a taste of that, and you know it's there. Now we just need to hone in some consistency and hopefully the uh, the learning curves and all that stuff uh, 
you know, go by the wayside sooner rather than later. So I guess, you know, it's not that long ago that the Packers also went into a, a season with two top draft choices being uh, in the secondary. What what differences do you see between, you know, why why is this time any different? Just just to be just to be a bit of a jerk. You know, you know, part of it, there's no science or, you know, formula to predict success of these defensive backs. You kind of have to play the percentages. And I thought it was super aggressive for them to go get corners with their first two picks, but it told everybody what they were going after and, and their commitment to revamping the secondary and getting corners and players outside the numbers that can play the ball down the field. I think, uh, you know, the, the Demarius Randall experience really wore the coaching staff thin and his inconsistent play, and we held on to him for a little bit longer than we probably should have because he flashed potential and he flashed those playmaking abilities. But if you can't, you know, cut out all the negative plays on top of it, at some point it's just not enough to keep you around. And I think the, the coaching staff, the fan base, and everybody around kind of got tired of the inconsistent play. So they committed and bringing in some new faces, and it's just been nice to see him hit already. All right, so I guess a little bit more specifically, though, based on, like, their college film going in, like, you like the package of Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson way more than you did Demarius Randall or Quentin Rollins, or, like, is there a chance we're in a similar... 100%. And just from the, you know, the upbringing of both the corners, Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson was an all-state receiver in Texas. Jair Alexander was a highly recruited receiver, actually recruited as a receiver to Louisville from Bobby Petrino, but hopped to the defensive side of the ball with injuries. So right off the bat, you get two guys that have ball skills and they're never lost down the field. They always get their head around. They play with a my ball attitude. And just to answer your point about what's different with Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins, I mean, Quentin Rollins was a basketball player that kind of took up football as a secondary option, really only played football as a full-time or a senior year. So there's a little bit of a learning curve. Also Miami, Ohio. So the level of competition, there was a learning curve. And Demaris Randall was more of a hybrid safety at Arizona State. Had a really good week at the Senior Bowl in one-on-ones. And a lot of coaches and scouts said, huh, the safety can cover really well. I wonder if he can hang outside the numbers as a cornerback. He's got good size and good speed. So I'm just speaking to that they weren't true cornerbacks. And there are a bit of projects coming right off the, right off the bat when we drafted them. I just think Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson fit the mold of what you want in a cornerback in today's NFL. Oh, you're supposed to draft football players in the NFL draft. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, we're talking to Ben Fennell. Uh, check out his first piece at uh, at The Athletic. Uh, it is on Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson, but we want to talk to you uh, about a lot of other things as well, including what you've seen from Mike Pettin thus far. We talked to Justice Mosqueda last week, who's obviously uh, falls into the category of film god like yourself. Um, we kind of asked him just like schematically, what's, you know, what's different? What has you encouraged? I saw you some, tweeting some things about that as well. What do you think about the early signs of the Pettin defense compared to the Capers defense? Now, you need to watch the preseason tape, uh, you know, with a couple subnotes on it. It's usually going to be very vanilla schematically, both defensively and offensively. You're just trying to get through your install, work on substitutions, evaluate players. You don't see a whole lot, but I was really excited that Pettin showed us a little bit of that classic Mike Pettin-Rex Ryan scheme last Friday against Oakland. There was a third down in the first half where you saw that overload attack where you're trying to manufacture a free hitter while dropping players off on the backside. And that's what Pettin preaches. Get a free hitter without sacrificing coverage. He confused the running back. We overloaded their slide. And that's what those 2009-2010 Jets were all about that went to back-to-back AFC Championship games. We haven't seen a lot of that in the preseason, but 
you know he's implementing it. You know it's part of his scheme. It's his bread and butter, butter on defense. That's going to be a big part of their identity during the season. We just haven't seen a whole lot of it in the preseason. A couple other interesting you know, schemes that we haven't seen with tapers. A lot of third down, double A-gap mug looks from linebackers where you have two linebackers scooted up in the A-gaps, sandwiching the center pre-snap. It can create a lot of protection issues for offenses. Typically, there's only two ways to block it, either full slide or you have the center and the running back take one of the linebackers. It's a really interesting scheme. I know we've seen it enough because uh, Minnesota and Mike Zimmer run it really well. Uh, but there's been, there's been a couple interesting scheme things that Petten's bringing in. I'm just really excited to see the aggressive attacking approach. So on that on that note of the free hitters, I mean, I think I think the third down you're referring to, I think, was the Kentrell Bryce hit. Correct. Yeah, and Connor Cook. How much do you think Oren Burks was kind of anticipated to be one of those free hitters, and how much does his at least short term loss kind of hurt the Packers or or force an adjustment to those plans? Oh, absolutely. Every defensive coordinator would gush over having a player to work in like Oren Burks into their blitz and pressure packages to have a a hybrid safety player like that that can move and glide side on the sideline who's tough and will lay some hits. I mean, that's what every defensive coordinator wants to put on the field on third down in today's NFL. It's a huge loss. You know, I hope the injury isn't too serious with whatever's going on with his shoulder. But there's a lot of other interesting hybrid players to still work into those blitz packages, whether it's Taha Clinton Dix or Kentrell Price or this combination of defensive backs. Even a guy like Jair Alexander, who's going to be playing nickel, he's a really tough player. He's not afraid to stick his nose in on the run, and they send him on a couple blitzes in that Pittsburgh game uh, when he first got on the field. So I'd be interested to see if they're going to play that cat and mouse with you. Let our stud corner, excuse me, our stud cover corner cover, or do you work him into some pressure packages because he's such a good blitzer as well? So there are some intriguing other options if Oren Burks isn't ready to go. I'm going to make uh, Zach happy. If any of you missed our interview with Oren Burks this offseason and you were unplugged, please go back in the archives uh, of the ABC podcast. You joined us. Uh, anyway, uh, Ben, I saw this on Twitter. I don't remember where I saw it. Again, these things are like in passing. I'm always like, eh, and I forget to attribute it properly. But somebody brought up the idea of Tremont Williams playing safety. I think it was because he didn't line up with the first team defense either today or yesterday. Is that something you could foresee? Um, like, is that a transition that you feel like would suit Tremont Williams? And uh, off of that, like, if he's not going to play that, are you concerned about safety play for this team? Because a lot of people are. Yeah, obviously the safety play has been one of the more inconsistent positions over the past couple of years. We really are looking forward to HaHa Clinton Dix putting together a, a solid campaign in his contract year. I haven't really heard the notion of Tremont. I know they've been moving around at practice, and he's getting to that twilight part of his career. He's 35 years old where he probably doesn't have that quickness and foot speed like he used to and probably doesn't want to be playing down in the box as a strong safety or a nickel type of player. So is the best result for somebody like Tremont to stick him in the back end and let him be a free safety roamer? He obviously has tons of experience. I'm sure his football IQ is off the charts, and he's somebody that you need to weigh – his diminishing skills and physical abilities versus football IQ and his locker room presence. You still need guys to coach up these young players, but how long can you roll with Tremont Williams as a player until you start seeing a a serious decline on the field? The next stop might be free safety because, you know, that protects him a little bit more. He doesn't have to be a speedy corner outside the numbers running with these gazelle receivers in the NFL today. So if they do move him to free safety, it'd be interesting. I don't know if he really has what it takes to stay on the field in general, whether it's at corner or at safety, but he's somebody you want in your locker room teaching these young kids. He obviously has tons of on-field time in his career, and you know you, you want to use that IQ. 
You know, last season I went into the draft almost hoping that the Packers would take Sidney Jones and kind of redshirt him. And I'm almost looking at Kevin King the same way, which maybe isn't fair because he did make his way on the field, but I'm kind of expecting to see like a different, healthy, developed player. Uh, what are you looking for out of Kevin King? You know, I've heard, I've been hearing a lot of mixed reports out of Green Bay about Kevin King and his health, and I'm wondering if they're going to shelf him or possibly start him the season on the pup. First and foremost with Kevin King, he just needs to get healthy. And I know he dealt with his shoulder last year, and now his opposite shoulder is hurting him this camp. He needs to get healthy first and foremost before I can make a full evaluation on how he's, you know, acclimating himself into the NFL. I'm, I'm kind of reserving judgment right now until I see him in a game-to-game basis and he's playing and practicing week-to-week. We just haven't seen that yet, so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He played really tough last year, even with the injury. I just want to see him on the field more consistently so I can give him a consistent evaluation. But if he's not ready to go, the way Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson are playing, you have two veterans in house and Tremont Williams. You have Kentrell Bryce. I don't know what they want to do with Quentin Rollins, but if they feel good about five or six cover guys there, it might be worth shelving Kevin King just to get him healthy and not have to worry about or try to rush to get back on the field. Now, we know you're a Mike Daniels guy, and who isn't? We know you're a Kenny Clark guy, and it feels like everyone's kind of becoming a Kenny Clark guy. Are you a Muhammad Wilkerson guy? Are you kind of optimistic about what he can bring to this defense? You know, when I went back and watched his tape from the Jets, you know, the past season, there was very up and down play. He got a little lazy at times. Obviously, that organization, uh, you know, really went south. So an all-pro player probably lost some motivation. I haven't been thrilled with his tape in the preseason. I think his, his effort has been subpar. I think he's been playing way too high. He doesn't look very explosive off the ball. I don't know where his heavy hands went. I'm kind of relying on Mike Penton to move him around and isolate him with some matchups. Maybe he could take advantage of some guards or tackles and move him around in the pressure package. But right now, Muhammad Wilkerson is number one on my list in my concern department. And I really hope he's a veteran that can turn it on once the regular season snaps come. And there's a lot of veterans that play like that. We have Holodinato over here in Philadelphia. And his camp has been very vanilla and kind of lukewarm, but He's one of those veteran players that you expect them to turn it on when the lights are on and the regular season hits. We just really haven't seen that from Muhammad Wilkerson in the preseason. I'm not there at practice to see how he's been practicing and his intensity and effort level, but he's obviously under the microscope. And I hope we can give him a manageable amount of snaps and hopefully get good effort and good, uh, a good motor and good play and a, you know, a manageable snap count. Uh, how do you feel about Jimmy Graham? Cause we haven't spoken since the off season. Um, so uh, are you are you excited about what he's going to bring to this offense? Absolutely. I'm excited about Jimmy Graham. I'm excited about Mercedes Lewis. But everybody wants to talk about the red zone. And I know he had a great touchdown against the Steelers. And oh, he's going to be a red zone dominant player. The Packers have never had issues in the red zone. It's been Aaron Rodgers' most dominant area of the field his entire career. Jimmy Graham's outstanding in the red zone. But that's not really the area of need. What I'm most excited for the Mercedes Lewis and Jimmy Graham is to develop some chunk plays in between the red zones. When you're in the middle of the field and you need some more explosive plays, and we're not just relying on our receivers to get open, that play that uh, I think it was Brett Hundley threw a back shoulder play to a pass to Mercedes Lewis down the seam against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that got me so much more excited than the Jimmy Graham touchdown just to see those chunk explosive plays in the middle of the field that we really struggled to generate over the past couple of years. I felt like we were way too reliant on Aaron Rodgers running around, 
hoping receivers uncover, relying on hard counts. To see a play action, two tight ends getting down the seam and a beautiful back shoulder Mercedes Lewis, we know he's going to block, but he could also provide some uh, you know, big plays in the pass game. Jimmy Graham as well. So I'm just really excited what they can do in the middle of the field. I know we're all excited about the red zone, but we need the chunk plays as well. If you were general manager and you're making the cuts, is uh, Jake Kumaro making the team? I don't believe so. Uh, he's intriguing. He's done everything right. Uh, he obviously has some athletic limitations. He's a good size receiver. I just think we have more intriguing options right now. I really like the way Valdez Scantling has been playing. If Jamon Moore starts catching the ball, watch out for that kid as well. Um, I don't think Kumaro is in line right now. It would probably be have to. It would have to be at the expense of somebody else. I don't know what the Packers are looking like as far as, you know, maybe tossing a guy in IR or, you know, getting a ghost injury to hide a guy for a year. Um, so I'm not sure. Not the fact that I, I dislike Kumaro. I just don't know who I would be taking him over. Can you talk a bit about Jamon Moore? Because he's taken a lot of flack for his, uh, his drops. What do you see out of him that you like? He's an explosive player. He's a pretty good route runner. Uh, he gets in and out of his breaks. He has really good releases. But this is the exact same player that was at Missouri. He had very inconsistent hands at Missouri, whether it was down the field, on slants, on smokes. He was just he was an athlete playing on the outside. It was a very limited route tree, only played on the left-hand side. So he had a bit of a learning curve getting to the NFL and the full route tree and playing all over the field. But the inconsistent hands, that's who he was. So. Now I'm starting to wonder, is that just who he is? Does he just not have natural pass-catching hands, which it doesn't matter how explosive you are or how fast you are or how good your route running is, you are a professional ball catcher. If you can't catch the ball, you can't play. He had 19 plays of 20 yards at Missouri last year. The Packers can use that explosive type of player. At this point, I'm considering get, almost handing him the ball if you have to. <laughs> get him in the backfield, get him on some screen passes, some bubbles, some slip screens, find ways to get the ball in his hands because he's a dynamic athlete. If he's not catching the ball well, maybe we can find another way to get him the ball. I'm very concerned considering that was, uh, you know, on his evaluation at Missouri. Yeah. Uh, all right. I feel like we're going to ask everybody this until the Khalil Mack stuff is dead, but what would you give to have Khalil Mack on the Packers? I mean, they could have our two first round picks next year. Yeah. I know he's a, you know, a mid to late 20 year old player, but he's explosive. He's an elite player. And that's a position I think we really need right now. I'm not feeling great about Kyler Fackrell, even though he had one of his better performances against the Oakland Raiders last You're week. You're not? Wait we a know, second. We know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is against an absolute crappy tackle. This kid from Alabama State was a seventh round pick last year. Vince Beagle's not showing enough. He has way too many athletic limitations to hang on the edge in the NFL. I'm actually thinking this Kendall Donerson guy from Southeast Missouri State is more in line to make the team than Kyla Fackrell or Vince Beagle. I don't know if you've seen his workout numbers. He had 6'3", 250, ran a 4'4", 340 with a 40-inch vertical, a 10'11 broad jump. This guy ran as a gunner on punt. He's explosive. He has heavy hands. I like everything he puts on tape. He's had physical edges. I would vote for Reggie Gilbert and Kendall Donerson over Vince Gilbert, or excuse me, uh, Vince Beagle and Kyler Fackrell. But anyways, to answer your question, obviously I'd be ecstatic to get Khalil Mack. And if the organization is in a Aaron Rodgers is over 30 years old, we got to start winning now and putting elite players around him. We got Mo Wilkerson. We got Jimmy Graham. We were aggressive in the draft, getting three receivers. We brought in Mercedes Lewis. We took three running backs last year. 
if we're going for this, let's go for it. We have two first round picks for next year. What are we waiting for? If if he if we think that's our guy that can change the defense, go get him. Out of curiosity, because I'm astonished that you can uh, name all of Donerson's combine numbers. Like, how <laughs> many guys on the Packers can you actually do that with? Like, pretty much Not all many. of them. Donerson, Donerson okay. had like a Mike Mamula style workout. It was absolute freak show workout. So a couple of those really stuck. Like, I'm talking those are elite numbers for like receivers. A 40 inch vertical and a 10 11 broad. Like, I want to say 75% of the receivers at the combine aren't jumping that. Yeah, that's why. So it's just very eye popping. Obviously, he was at Southeast Missouri State, so he's got a bit of a learning curve with the level of competition. But I think he's just been a, a more well rounded, tough football player than Beagle and Beckel. Yep. All right. Well, we know you're going to be busy because you've got like 17 different uh, football jobs, but uh, we do hope that we can catch up again as the season goes along. And we are very much looking forward to your uh, Packers analysis in the athletic and congratulations again on both that new gig and also your uh, shiny new Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl ring. Yeah, it's a, it's a busy time for for me right now. My schedule's filling up and I'm kind of just looking forward to the season starting so we can just let it all play out. Right now is when I'm in a organizational cluster uh so my head's in a million different places and really just looking forward to the season kicking off next thursday yeah um all right man we really appreciate your time thanks a lot and again we'll uh we'll talk soon absolutely thanks for having me guys Good stuff from Ben Fennell. We are excited to uh, kind of follow along with his work as the season goes on. That'll about do it for us. But first, uh, Zach, what's the latest? The Pick'em League is uh, open? It's open for business. There we go. So if you are interested, just get us on Twitter at the APC Pod. Connect with us there. We will DM with you, get your email address, and get you set up for the Pick'em. And you can show us three and text Western and all the APCers how much more you know about football than we do. There you go. And if you don't have Twitter and you want to reach out, you can reach us at the APC podcast at gmail.com. Also an option. Uh, that is an option for some people who are trying to unplug from Twitter. I don't know. I just figured maybe not everybody has it, but uh, yeah, that'll, that'll do it for us. Right. Yeah. Are we excited? Are we going to watch third pre- uh, fourth preseason game. I'll probably watch. Probably. Yeah. I'll probably watch at least the first. Time. I talked to Big Game last week about not watching a 10:30 kickoff. Yeah, you were kickoff. locked in. My phone was blowing up, and I'm like, "Wow, these guys are really watching live." I thought yeah. I would just go back and watch. I it went later. to bed at the half. I am a sad garbage person. Anyway, <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> All right, so I anticipate you watching the entire uh, the entire game this time around. Then yeah, probably three times in a row. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're close to meaningful football. It's getting exciting. Uh, again, you could get us on Twitter at our names. Alex Patakis, Ben Foldy, and Zach Rapport. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event. 
even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Help! Our family's going to a big football game this weekend, and I want to get us on the Jumbotron in some fresh new styles. Sprint over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's giant thank you event is happening now. Get 30% off your purchase or 40% off when you use or open an Old Navy credit card at Old Navy or OldNavy.com. 40% off? Wow, that's a huge score. Better hurry. It ends Sunday. Time to huddle up and head to Old Navy. High Fashion. Old Navy. Valid 926 to 930. Excludes in-store clearance, register lane items, gift cards, jewelry, today only, and two-day only deals. 40% offer subject to credit approval. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.